So you want to know the ins and outs of managing your money. Well, lucky for you, you're just in time for another episode of Master Your Finances with certified financial planner professional, Kurt Baker. Kurt and his panel of experts are here for you and will cover topics from a legal and personal standpoint. They'll discuss tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money, and more. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider offers continuing studies programs for adults who need flexibility. Want to add new skills to your resume? Take a continuing studies course at Ryder University. Now, let's learn how we can better change our habits with Kurt Baker. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Master Your Finances presented by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. I'm Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional located in Princeton, New Jersey. I can be reached through our website, which is www.cwmi.us or you call me directly at 609 716 Four seven zero zero. This week, we're very pleased to have with us Ben Steltzer of Export New uh, Export Jersey. Ben has been retired for five years, formerly an employee of the New Jersey State Chamber of Commerce. At the chamber, Ben worked in the membership department and also hosted foreign delegations in conjunction with the Business Action Center. His experience with foreign delegations and trade shows led him to the realization that New Jersey doesn't have a directory of companies that export. We have over 20,000 companies here in the state of New Jersey, but we don't know exactly who or where they are. When he retired, he built the website directory, Export Jersey, and it's his passion to brand all of the hidden jewels we have here in New Jersey. He called them Jersey Gems. Exports creates jobs, and that's his mission with Export Jersey. Before working at the Chamber, his employment history was in manufacturing as a VP of business development. On the international scene, his wife is from Holland, and they met in Israel. In other life, he was an archaeologist for the Department of Antiquities in Jerusalem, owned and ran a farm in Arava Desert, Israel, and served in the Israeli Defense Forces in a mobile artillery unit. So when adding it all up, international living, business development, and private industry, and Chamber of Commerce, helping New Jersey increase its brand and exports were a natural fit. That is absolutely a qu very, quite diverse background you have there. <laughs> so so you, 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 were, you, were, you could handle artillery and farming at the same time. So you kind of had it all covered there, didn't you? <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's an amazing, amazing career. Um, so how did I mean how did you, how did you get into this? I mean this is quite an interesting thing. Obviously you you must have traveled a lot when you were younger because you met your wife, right? And yeah, uh, I traveled. Yeah. So what what ended up bringing you around and back to Jersey and kind of settling here? Uh, you know I was born and bred here. The family was here, and um, you know we started got married, started having kids. We had no family in Israel, so we kind of migrated back. Um, mm -hmm. The way I got into the export thing, as you said, I was working at the New Jersey State Chamber of Commerce, and uh, we started to host foreign delegations uh, in conjunction with the Business Action Center, and we realized that there's there's no directory here in New Jersey. So if people in Europe, let's say you're in Holland or Turkey, and you want to do you want to trade with New Jersey, where do you start? There's no mm -hmm. directory to even find companies. That's how it kind of got started. I actually presented the concept to the president of the New Jersey State Chamber of Commerce, Tom Bracken, and also to the Business Action Center. And I'll explain what the Business Action Center is later. And the concept, but nobody moved on it. They wanted to move on it, they never got around to it. So I retired and uh, it's not really a business, it's just sort of a hobby of mine to get it moving. And um, we got quite a, quite a bit of supporters. A lot of chambers supported, a lot of business associations are in support uh, and a lot of private companies are supporting the effort. Um, that's how I basically got going. Yeah, I actually kind of find that fascinating since New Jersey was basically created on the fact that we imported and exported from all around the world. It's kind of interesting to me <laughs> that, well, that we, well, we weren't you know, yeah, better set shocking. up for this. Hmm? It's more shocking than that. There's 30 million companies in America, less than 1% export. And it's uh, it's outrageous and shocking, all that opportunity out there. We're being passed by by a lot of, con uh, a lot of countries that are taking over the global uh, economy and exporting. 
uh, exports important for jobs period yeah, and yeah well, so what would be your what would be your your vision is what, what is your interpretation as to why that might be that is a really really small percentage i know some don't yeah. really do exports but but yeah. I'm, I'm sure a lot of those could well right? the best, the yeah. best example is you can come up with this incredible invention but if nobody knows about it what good is it and that's right. the problem there's not a budget or a vision for a marketing campaign to get the word out of all the free resources like the business action center like commercial services like the uh, small business administration so there's the word isn't out there for these companies to even understand there is an opportunity for export there's just there's just an awareness and a lack of uh budgeting pennsylvania at one time had 17 the state of pennsylvania had 17 offices around the globe promoting export for the state of pennsylvania new jersey had zero so it's really a marketing issue well that's a little interest that's very interesting yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So we know there's we know there's a need, and you're you're starting to fill the need here. Um, so how did you get how did you get it started, and what was your initial response when people said, "Hey, I want you to be part of this directory"? They're like, "Well, how does that help me, and what do I do?" And yeah, I'm sure there was well, a little bit of back and forth when you start talking to business owners, right? Initially. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, that's why I have there's four ways you can be profiled on Export Jersey if you're an exporter. I didn't want to eliminate anyone and think that this is some kind of a uh, business and I'm just trying to scoop in a lot of money. Uh, any Anyone who joins can have a complimentary profile. Mm -hmm. There's no charge. Or if they want to increase their footprint and have a, a more expanded profile, there's a $25 annual fee. If they want to even increase that footprint even more and have a website and links, there's a $250 annual fee. And if they want to be a sponsor or an associate or an affiliate, there's a $500 annual fee. If you're a service provider, someone who is a bank or a uh, uh, freight forwarder, things like that, where you provide services for exporters, you don't get the complimentary um, profile, but you can take that 25, $25 a year, it's not gonna break the bank. Um, so that started getting people to profile on there and also um, a lot of support from, as I said before, a lot of chambers of commerce have joined this a lot of business associations, et cetera. I know even the Princeton Mercer Regional Chamber that I'm a part of, I think you're part of now as well, correct? That's how we talked initially. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's a relatively new area in the chamber. They actually focus on import export. And I know that I know they've been doing workshops for the last couple of years, specifically trying yeah. to educate people on how do you do it and, and what needs to happen. I, I know, I'm, let's say I was a manufacturer here in New Jersey, I'd be like, you know, I'm having a hard, hard enough time just running my own little business here. Now you want me to deal with regulations in Europe and in Asia and who knows where, and I got to like figure out how to get the stuff over there. And it, it just seems to me like people probably get this initial like overwhelming like complication on their head because it's hard enough. They're used to dealing with what they have to at home. They go, this is enough. <laughs> I don't really want to add more complexity to my life. Um, is that real? I mean, that's just my own personal perception. I'm not your yeah, manufacturer. No, that's a fantastic question. That's 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 the best question you could ask. The answer is there's the Business Action Center, which is in Trenton, on State Street, and they will. That's that's the first stop for New Jersey. It's a state organization. It's free. Your taxes are paying for these people to hold your hand and start you out on that road that you just described. Besides that, you have commercial services. You have two offices: one in the north of New Jersey, one in the south. They are federal offices. They will do the same thing. There are a few fees if you go a little further with them. There's what's called Gold Key, where you'll pay a fee. It's not a crazy fee, where they will hold your hand and help to match you up with other uh, buyers around the world. I think there's 180 federal offices that the commercial services have around the world, or 180 uh, uh, commercial service people around the world to help you. Besides that, you have private people. That's their profession. If you're a company, and you want to invest and then go forward with export, you can hire a private consultant who will take you through all those ropes. You don't have to do anything. They'll take all those roadblocks you just described. Although it sounds complicated, they will take care of that for you. There are resources out there. Many are free and many there's some fees. Uh, and many companies have gone down that road where they've hired a consultant or they got contacted the Action Center Commercial Services and they, they helped them out. It's not as complicated as, as it sounds. Obviously, because we are exporting billions and billions of dollars every year, 
It's just that uh, it's not enough, and we have a deficit every year. And so how do I, I mean, I assume part of this analysis is going to be because every once in a while you hear, like, well, we're like the high cost area, but I don't know that's always necessarily true, right? So no, how can I export if I'm the higher cost, if I'm exporting into a lower cost area? Well, there's what's called, it's kind of related to what you just said. It's what's called export ready. There's nine questions that the business action center or commercial service will ask a company to see if they're export ready and, and to see if there's even a market. Um, yeah, there, there's going to be some something to what you said, but a lot of it depends on on the trade agreements too, with the tariffs and and things like that. Um, at the moment, our number one partner in trade is Canada. Number two is Mexico. So we are exporting a, a lot of stuff there. We actually have a surplus with with Canada when it comes to services. We actually export more services to Canada then we import services from Canada. So we actually have a surplus, not a deficit, if you add it all up. Um, so yeah, there's gonna be times where the competition is stronger. And But if you're just sitting back and not even pursuing that road, you'll never know. I mean, as I, as I always say, there's three categories in export. There's the companies that are currently exporting. There's the wannabe exporters who don't know what to do. And then there's companies that can export, but don't realize it. They're not wanting, they're not exporting. They just don't realize there's a potential out there. And it goes back to the original, uh, originally what I said, it's all about marketing, 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 marketing. We need, we need a budget in the state of New Jersey to market and get the word out that there's free resources and opportunities out there. No, excellent point. As, as we all know, you, I mean, a lot of us, a lot of business owners are so focused on their what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis sometimes they don't widen their eyes and say hey there's a lot of opportunity out there and if you've got resources that can help you walk you through it why not right you've been listening to master finances we're going to be right back This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash next step. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finance. I'm Kurt Baker here with Ben Steltzer uh, with Export Jersey. And we've been talking about all the potential out there in exporting. And a lot of people here in New Jersey don't realize it. And uh, you took action and you put together a directory working on that, Export Jersey, which is great to put those resources together. And you were also mentioning in the first segment that there's a lot of free resources that we're already paying for through our tax dollars that anybody who might have a potential to export should at least review and see if they might be leaving some money on the table. There might be some opportunities out there that they're just not aware of. And so you want to kind of walk us through that. If somebody says, hey, I'm making something or I'm doing some kind of service, maybe I can do this overseas. Uh, let me have somebody review it and help me out. So what do they do next? Yeah, I would advise them just Google Business Action Center. It'll pop right up. They're in Trenton. Uh, Bill Spears has taken over as the uh, manager of the operation, the Eddie Mahan, who used to run the um, the export division of it, has uh, been promoted to the SBC. He's been promoted, I think, in Washington D.C. with the SBA, the uh, Small Business Administration. And besides Bill Spears, Gene Chang works with him, and there's another fellow I forgot his name. But these people have together probably 50 years of experience in international trade. They're irreplaceable. You know how they say people you can't replace? Well, you can't replace Bill Spears and you can't replace Bill uh, Gene Chang. They have such expertise on the global market of what's going on um, that, that it's an incredible resource. The problem is, again, if you're in a networking event, let's say there's 80 companies there sitting in a face-to-face you know, -face mm -hmm. networking event like in the past, and you ask people, raise your hand if you ever heard of the Business Action Center, two people raise their hand. It goes back to visibility and marketing, what I said. We need to get the word out. But that's where you start. Start the Business Act Center. They're incredible professionals. Um, 
when you go to the Business Action Center, it's not just international, it's also domestic. They're one-stop shopping for any business in New Jersey and it's free, your taxes are paying their salaries. So even if you're not interested in export and you have a business issue, Google Business Action Center, abbreviated to BAC, and they'll hold your hand and they'll help you out. That's what they do all day long. Oh, so that's great. So it's not not if you just want to go overseas, even if you just want to go yeah. down the, down the any, street, so to speak, you know, to Pennsylvania any, or to Nebraska yeah. or California, right? Yeah, any kind of business issue you have. It doesn't have to be for export. The, I'm, I'm focused on the export division of the Business Action Center, but it's set up for all businesses, one-stop shopping for all New Jersey businesses. I, I think it was set up by Governor Christie. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think it was. So it, so it helps you navigate, I'm assuming it helps you navigate some of the nuances between going from state to state or, you know, bigger nuances when you go from country to country, potentially. But you mentioned to our biggest exporters are right next door, you know, Canada and Mexico. Uh, we forget like yeah. what huge trading partners they are of ours. And they're, and they're literally right down the street, so to speak, um, geographically. Yeah. So I guess that wouldn't be too complicated if you were shipping anyway to Texas. Why not to go all the way to Mexico, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. No, no, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. But it could even be, so now it, we it got all our be, Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, it could even be if, if you have questions about permits or anything like that. It's, a, it's not just about selling to other states or selling to other countries. Any kind of business roadblock you're into, any kind of uh, problems you're having, uh, you know, go to the Business Action Center. Well, yeah, that, that's always helpful. Yeah, so so, so once you um, get established, right, um, and then you want to promote yourself. So that's where, you're, that's where your whole idea behind... Um, the directory came, right? So you want to tell us a little bit how that works yeah. and how that can help uh, businesses to be better, get more visibility. Of course, visibility, right? If you don't know something's there, you can't use it, right? So um, so how did that whole concept come together? What what need did you see? What first, yeah, what first kind question. of opened your eyes? Like, hey, wait, we really need something like this. It's a missing That's a great goal. question. Uh, the way it, I'm glad you asked that question. The way it started was Canada is a member of the New Jersey State Chamber of Commerce. The Attorney General came to New Jersey State Chamber of Commerce and said, we want to have a trade mission in New Jersey, oil sands, where we're going to bring four corporations from oil sands exploration in Canada. They need all kinds of stuff. We're going to bring them to New Jersey and they're going to buy. And they need cement and they need drills and they want to build a town because they're doing oil sands exploration. So they need tons, millions and millions of dollars of stuff they want to buy from New Jersey. And we said, wow, this is great. What an opportunity. So myself and the Business Action Center said, well, let's just notify New Jersey companies. They got this great opportunity. Well, how do we find New Jersey companies? Then we realized there's no directory. So you're Googling. So what happens when you Google? And you can buy, you can buy lists, but lists, after a week, the list, a third of the phone numbers are dead. Uh, people aren't answering. Uh, the list become obsolete very quickly when you buy a list of companies. Um, so that's how it started. And I spent four months on the phone and emailing to get to convince companies, first of all, to find companies that could qualify to export to Canada for this trade mission. And I believe we found about 76 companies. We had a trade mission in East Brunswick. The lieutenant governor spoke. And we did something very clever. We sent the, the uh, sort of the biography of these companies to Canada so they could review them. So when they got to New Jersey, they didn't have to spend a lot of time seeing matchmaking. They already knew who they wanted to speak to. Millions of dollars in contracts were signed. It was a great success. And a light bulb went off in my head and said, wait a minute, it took me four months to find 76 companies. There's something wrong with this. We need a directory. That's how it all started. Well, that's, a, that's an amazing story. So can you tell us a little bit about, because I know you told us a little bit how it started. So I know you had the four levels and I think uh, it's pretty easy to sell free, right? So at minimum, you want a listing, right? So you want to get your name on there. Um, and so once they're in the directory, how, I guess uh, people overseas need to know about the directory and people here in New Jersey need to know about the directory. So if yeah. both sides aren't aware of it, it it's got to connect, right? So how yeah. do we make sure both sides are aware of it? Because this is one of those things where it sounds like, once it hits a certain level, it's just going to explode because now everybody's going to know where to go, right? Yeah, yeah it hasn't really, hasn't really gone that far at all as far as visibility here or in Europe. Um, 
and again, you know, I'm retired. It's not my full time endeavor. I hike. <laughs> <laughs> I do other things. So I'm just whatever it does, it does. I, you know, yeah, I'd like to see it explode. It hasn't yet, even though I have a lot of support. Um, maybe one day it'll explode bigger. But I did find out that the state of Georgia and the state of Florida have exactly the same thing. This is a state run uh, directories that both states run. It just kind of ran across that. So maybe it has to get to. Uh, you know, more in the visibility of the eyes of, of the state, of the governor and things like that. But right now we have a lot bigger pro problems uh, than export Jersey, as you know. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe we get past this pandemic and things calm down and uh, things get back to normal. Maybe, you know, this will get more in front of uh, some state legislators or, or the governor where it gets more visibility and they can, they can push this further. So, so, so what do you see as some of the bigger, bigger like industries or company types of companies that should really try to seriously look at this in New Jersey? I know we have a lot of diversity here in New Jersey. Yeah, there, there's a lot of hidden gems. Uh, just as an example, uh, in southern New Jersey, there's companies that manufacture glass for particularly for laboratories. And it's the largest manufacturing in the United States for glass in that in that uh, in that direction, which people don't realize. Um, there's a company in Northern Jersey that manufactures um, all kinds of things for restaurants and, um, and hotels. As a sample, when you go into a supermarket and you have that lunch thing where you can pick out your own lunch and way, he manufactures the tables, the bowls and all that. He has a special patent on bowls that when you drop them, they don't break. They look like they're ceramic, but they're not. So he employs 120 people. There's a lot of uh, companies in New Jersey that, are, that I call hidden gems that we don't realize how much manufacturing is going on here. Um, so there are over 20,000 companies in New Jersey that are exporting right now. Most of them are small and medium. Mm -hmm. um, as far as industries go, I mean, the sky's the limit. It could be any industry. That, it doesn't hurt to get a free, free consultation at the Business Action Center, no matter what you're doing. Um, it doesn't have to be manufacturing. It could be something else. It could be something in the services or or maybe a partnership with a foreign company. Um, right now, the number one export uh, in machinery and computers. Number two is minerals, including oil. Number three is uh, electrical machinery equipment. Number four is aircraft and spacecraft. Number five export is vehicles. Then comes optical, technical, medical apparatus. Then comes plastics, plastic articles, gems, precious metals, pharmaceuticals and organic chemicals. That's the top 10 exports right now. So we have much um, more of a manufacturing but, base than I think I even realized. I knew we had a pharma industry. Yeah. I knew we had a financial services industry, but I did, I mean, that you just rattle off a whole bunch of things. I wasn't really aware of that strong. Well, there's also agriculture and, you know, a lot of other things down the list. We're talking about, you know, some of the stronger ones. Um, but, you know, like I said, it doesn't hurt to, to investigate and get a free evaluation from the Business Action Center if there's potential mm -hmm. there. Uh, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, you've been listening to Master Your Finances. We're going to be right back. This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money, and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash next step. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker here with Ben Steltzer of Export Jersey. And we've been talking about um, all the opportunities really here in New Jersey. I guess I, I knew we had somewhat of a manufacturing base, but it's far more than I think most of us realize where we have a lot of specialty type items. We do kind of high end things is what it, is what it seems like to me. And, um, and, and I think 
things are maybe evolving now that uh, we've had a little bit of the, the pandemic has kind of flowed on us. So I think a lot of you are looking more at the import export, how much we manufacture domestically, what things. So what have you seen that affect? Um, I guess the overall, like how we view our supply chain, right? Cause I know that was a real concern back at the beginning of 2020 when we were starting to wonder whether or not we were going to get supplies of certain things based on what country they were coming from. If their border was shut, we couldn't get things. I just remember that was getting everybody very concerned. So what are your thoughts mm -hmm. about that? And I know we had to do some kind of emergency manufacturing of things like masks and all kinds mm -hmm. of things we just went crazy on. Yeah. Um, so have we, do you think we've learned a little bit from that? And how do you think we're going to adjust like short term and then maybe longer term moving out? Yeah, I think uh, there'll be a lot of opportunities for American companies. Um, I just want to explain there's three types of supply chain that we're talking about in New Jersey. So you have other companies in New Jersey that are supplying companies in New Jersey. That's one form of supply chain, which is very critical to those New Jersey companies. Obviously, they're going to be angry if those companies are importing and undercutting their business. The second type of supply chain is the other 49 states who are supplying New Jersey. That's, that's sort of A is New Jersey suppliers, B is the other 49 states who are supplying New Jersey, and they're going to get angry if they're importing. Hmm. And then the third category of supply chain is everybody else outside of the United States. That's the third one. But we need those critical components from wherever they can get them, and hopefully it's competitive, so that companies, many companies need those components so they can export. And getting back to your original thought, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity because of COVID, particularly in medical uh, supplies. We can't leave ourselves uh, open to the possibility that we don't have enough supplies in the pandemic. You know, needles, bandages, uh, medicines, machinery, oxygen, whatever. So I think there's going to be a tremendous uh, push from the government and even and private industry and, uh, and politicians to make sure we can manufacture in the event of a pandemic, which might even lead to other things, not just uh, the medical field. You know, it could lead to all kinds of things that affect uh, national security. I think I just know from my personal perspective, it's put, it's put a little bit more awareness on where you're buying things, where they're actually coming from. You know, I at least pay a little bit more attention than I probably did a year or two ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had no idea. I mean, honestly, I had no idea that so much of our pharmaceuticals were actually manufactured overseas, even though many of them are created here. And then we export the manufacturing overseas. And then you're like, uh oh, how do I get the stuff back here if I need it? Right. Yeah. When you think about it, you know, we're the country that invented uh, the television, the car, the radio, the washing machine, the air conditioner, the <laughs> on, and on and on and on, you know, all those machines. None of it's made here. And we, we invented yeah. it here. It's kind of, uh, you know, frustrating in a way, but, you know, it's the companies that are American companies and other co other countries that are making it there, and we know where. <laughs> right. And we're the happy consumers that are buying it cheap. We're not protesting it, you know. When you look around your home, you bought a nice TV, you know, for a really good price, and, and you're happy, and it's working. And the computer that we're on right now, we know where it was made. But, you know, it's, there is a trend where a lot of components are coming from all over the world and being assembled, let's say, in here or in Canada or in Mexico. And a lot of those parts are American-made. So it's, it's a global economy. We can't shut ourselves off and say, yeah, we just want to make everything here. It's too late. We can't put the genie back in the, in the bottle anymore. We just need a fair balance and fair trade agreements. Um, and the prediction is, uh, after this pandemic is over and, and, and hoping the third quarter, there's going to be a tremendous economic boom in, in the United States, people, especially in tourism. People are going to be traveling. Restaurants are going to open up. Hotels. There's going to be a tremendous spinoff, entertainment, and uh, there'll be a tremendous growth. They, they believe the growth will double here. The GDP will double uh, next year very quickly. I mean, that's what the financial and you're in finance. Uh, that's what financial experts have been saying. So that's absolutely we're hoping if people get yeah. back out there again those that are yeah. willing to i think yeah i think once people are comfortable there's certainly pent up demand to go out to go out on that cruise or go travel yeah. or whatever the people literally i can't tell you how many people i know that skipped a year of their vacation yeah you i know, mean they, we did. i mean we were going to go on vacation uh <laughs> i know plenty of my plenty of people had vacations booked right and, and they backed out well they had to well yeah so, they really had no choice yeah we yeah 
a friend of mine, she's an agent, and she said it was a, it was like a literal nightmare because she had to unwind all these things. Um, but but pretty much every one of them said, let's plan it for the next year. They just pushed it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't really quote. You know, they kind of canceled, but they were like, I still want to do it. I just do it when I can do it, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So whatever that opens up. Um, and I think a lot of that will have to do with once everybody's comfortable with how these things are flowing out with the vaccines and all that good stuff. So I, I think third quarter is a pretty reasonable estimate yeah. as to when this may all really kind of gel in, this, in, the, in there and then people start doing things again. Um, and then you get back to the import and export businesses. So do you think that's going to improve? Because I'm sure that was tamped down too, right? Because literally you can't go yeah. to certain borders, right? We can't we can't send people some places. I know that. Yeah, export uh, was down. I, I don't know the percentages. I think it was down. Uh, I think it was eight percent or so or more mm. on export. And uh, you know, at times it depends on the on the month. At times imports were actually increasing. Uh, sometimes a little down. Uh, but the deficit for I don't have a deficit for this year, but two uh, thousand twenty nineteen, the deficit was five hundred and seventy six. Point nine billion dollar deficit. Um, exports were two point five trillion, and imports were three point one trillion. Mm. Um, so when you're running deficits and you're always running deficits, um, it gets kind of disturbing. You're wondering, uh, you know, why are we losing here all the time? You know, why are we importing so much more than we're exporting? We need a, a little more of a balance, a little more of fair trade. Uh, that's you know. Or trade fair trade agreements. Um, I mean, I remember going to trade shows, and uh, I'm not going to mention the country, <laughs> but there'd be certain people from a certain country coming up to my booth with a pen and a pad and saying, "How much did you pay for that in your booth to to manufacture?" And I tell them the price, and they would tell me some really ridiculous price and give me their card and say, "We can do it for this price," and it was like 90% cheaper, you know. Wow. And they were going around the trade shows doing this with their pen and paper, you know, their pen and pads and handing out their business cards and doing that. Not to mention that their people were studying in MIT, their engineers, and getting the knowledge and going back and opening up all kinds of, you know, plastic uh, companies and things like that. And, you know, it was just, it was just a plan, a very well planned, organized effort to take away a lot of business, a lot of manufacturing, and undermine what we're doing. Um, and I've been on a lot of trade shows, <laughs> and I saw it. You know. So what? So what? Anything's going to happen now? I mean, we. I mean, we know we have competition. Well, That's always been the case. We always know it's yeah. there. I, I think we're on good footing. I was because before this pandemic, more manufacturing was coming back, and the key to manufacturing was automation. Right. Uh, and automation, people think, well, well, automation is going to eliminate jobs. It also creates really great paying jobs, automation, because yeah. you have to be a very skilled engineer uh, to run some of these automation projects in the companies. So it's creating some really good paying jobs, automation. Um, so I think that's, that's part of the key. Automation is helping us. Also, it's getting expensive uh, to ship some of these imports in here. People are asking overseas, people are, are asking for more money. These laborers are working cheaper. They're asking for more money. The shipping's getting more expensive. We're getting automation. So I think we're we're going to be in good shape. We're going to have a lot more manufacturing going on here. And yeah, that's are. what I'd heard years ago. Is, is, is once these developing countries develop a real middle class, then they're gonna then they're gonna start demanding, which they are. We know that. The yeah. question is, when do they get it? I mean, once they want quote a fair wage, it's going to level out automatically to some extent because you know they want to buy a TV too. They don't want to sit, sit in there and make them all day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, at some point they're going to demand some higher wages. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm optimistic, and, I, and as you point out, automation has become. It feels like this exponential progression, right? As you automate, yeah. the automation helps you automate even more. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 that seems to me like. Um, a big positive that's going on as well, yeah. which then gives us a little bit of an edge because we tend to be technologically a little bit of an edge, right? Is that still the case, do you think? Yeah, um, our technology, and it's really, <laughs> the key to our technology is immigration. Mm. <laughs> when you look at it, because we're a country of high school graduates. We just are, and we need to, we need to get better. Canada is a country of, of college graduates, and they actually have a problem. They They have a shortage of mechanics and carpenters and plumbers and, people like that. And, and 
with us, it's the reverse. We don't have a lot of college graduates percentage-wise in this country. That's why we need immigration. Mm. And immigration really has boosted this, boosted our economy and our technology incredibly. I mean, some of these tech companies are really started by immigrants. Um, so, or we need to also increase our, our education too. I mean, you know, if you're going to study philosophy, make sure you got a job on the other end there. You know, you know how it works in Germany and other countries. They, 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 they don't force you, but they strongly guide you on your career path in relationship of what's out there. I mean, companies are involved in education. The companies sit down with the government and the educational people and decide, not decide, but say, well, this is what we need in our factory, or this is what we need in our technology. Do you have students that qualify? Or are they just studying philosophy and archaeology? <laughs> well, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, that I know there's a little bit more of a push for people to actually pay attention to what is on the other end of a, of a degree, whether it's a two-year associate degree, trade yeah. school, four-year degree, eight-year degree, whatever it is, be more realistic, understand what the opportunity is on the other end, because uh, I, I think we're kind of used to just saying, I'm going to go be X, a lawyer or a doctor or whatever it's going to be, but you still have to like pay attention, like, well, what's the demand when I get out and how realistic is it for me to earn the income I think I'm going to earn? You just need to at least sit back and, and pay a little bit more attention to that. I think more people are being consulted on that. I know on the parent level, people are paying more attention to that. I just know that from talking to parents. But um, yep. There's companies that are actually leading the agenda for universities. Mm -hmm. It's happening even here where companies are telling universities, you should have this course. Actually, we'll run the course for you in the university. This, yeah. is, what we, this is what we need. And we need people because there's a, there's a tremendous, I think there's something like five, there was five million jobs that were vacant, that were high, sort of high tech, high automated type manufacturing jobs that are vacant yeah. in the United States. Five million jobs, good paying jobs that they can't fill. Yeah, that's good. No, excellent. Yeah, when you get when you get the, the, the education and the business community working together, you're going to get a better result, I think. Um, you're listening to Master Your Finances. We're going to be right back. This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, certified financial planner professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash next step. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker here with Ben Steltzer with Export Jersey. And we've been talking about a lot of opportunities that are out there as far as importing and exporting, um, especially with exporting from the United States or from New Jersey specifically. And you've been trying to help us really kind of set it up. And I know a lot of us, I, you know, you always we always talk about how, well, we seem to be importing more than we export. We still export an, an awful lot of stuff. And I think it's good to really focus on that for a little bit, just, just how much we do export. So you want to go through some of the places we export to, yeah, because sure. um, there are quite a few countries we export to as well. Yeah, we export over two and a half trillion dollars. The number one country, I don't have the dollars, but I have the percentages in front of me. Canada, we export 17.8% of our exports. That's their number one. Mexico is 15.6% of our exports. Number two, China, 6.5%. Then comes Japan, 4.5%, United Kingdom, 4.2%, Germany, 3.7%, South Korea, 3.5%, the Netherlands, 3.1%, Brazil, 2.6%, and France, 2.4%. What's interesting is that 58% of the exports go to one country of all our exports. Um, which I believe is Canada. That's something I read. I'm not really sure how that all, I guess of all this together, when you add it up, it's the majority goes to Canada. Mm -hmm. Of the dollar amounts, of the dollar amounts, the majority goes to Canada. Okay. Which makes sense. They're English speaking. They're right on our border. Um, 
they're they're a very advanced country, so they need a lot of stuff. I mean, they're highly advanced. They're one of the most educated countries in the world. They're in the top. If they're not number one, they're number two as far mm -hmm. as education goes. They have a interesting immigration uh, policy where they it's very very strict. Where it's what they need. You just can't immigrate like here. You know, you know what it says on the Statue of Liberty: "Give me your poor." Give me. They're not into give me your poor, give me your refugees, and all that. They they just take qualified people and what they need. It's usually people with masters or PhDs or people with uh, skills like carpentry, uh, you know, plumbing, whatever they need, mechanics. So that strengthens their uh, their economy the way they do their immigration in that sense. You know, uh, they're not going to take people who can't survive. You have to have a certain amount of money and a certain profession that they need. So with that, and then being so far advanced and English speaking, they're sort of our natural uh, market for us for, for export. Actually, together with our services that we export to Canada, we actually have a surplus with Canada. If you add up our services and goods, they have the deficit, not us. Hmm. Well, that is interesting. I, I know you mentioned there where, uh, we're, I think we're one of the few countries that actually doesn't have pretty strict immigration policies, right? I mean. Right. Most so European right. countries are like that. Right, uh, right. They don't really let you in unless they think you're going to significantly add value to their economy. Yeah, but that's, what makes, that's what makes us unique. I mean, my great-grandparents, my great-grandmother, who I knew, came from a place called Basarabia, which Romania with Russia uh, was controlling, where people were getting killed. Um, and being Jewish, she was being killed. They were coming into a village, killing people for no reason. So here I am safe, uh, and she didn't come. She came when she was a little girl. She didn't come with a, with a degree or a diploma. She came for safety and freedom. That's what we're all about. We're not like those other countries. Uh, everybody's, uh, everybody here is an immigrant except for the Native Americans, right? <laughs> and most people came here for freedom, opportunity, and that's what we're about, unless we wanna change that, unless we wanna knock down the Statue of Liberty and, and change that kind of policy. And now it's still very strict here, by the way. You just can't come here. You know, there's still, you still, there's still a lot of forms to fill out. There's a lot of, uh, you just can't show up in a boat like my great grandmother did at Ellis Island. And maybe your ancestors showed up at some point, uh, depending how far back you go. If you go back far enough, your ancestors were worse than mine because they took the land away from the people who lived there. <laughs> Yeah, I think mine just br brought the diseases. I think when mine did, oh, I, don't, I don't think they were be. I don't think they were intending to do it. I think they're long enough ago. Yeah, they brought smallpox and uh, probably. And, so. and yeah, that's why yeah, we, back, back then they were coexisting, you know, so to speak. In the beginning, it was all uh, relatively hunky dory in the very, very beginning. So. Yeah, so that, that's what makes part of that. What makes Canada a very strong export market for us? Uh, all those factors together. I mean, if Canada was like. Uh, some third world country, yeah, we'd probably be exporting, maybe not the high end end items exporting, be more like, you know, food, medical supplies, or, you know, we've got this incredible uh, economy right on our border. And then Mexico in the South is number two because they're they're not a lightweight either. They're a big country and they've got a lot of things going on there. A lot of, you know, they need a lot of stuff also, high tech stuff. And so, uh, and so that mainly, is that mainly what we're exporting to them? Is uh, we said services to Canada, high tech? Is that Mexico? I mean, yeah, I consider I think, Canada to be a very different demographic than Mexico as far as what they might need. I, I, I think it's a lot of uh, a lot of machinery, a lot of medical equipment, uh, things like that. Probably computer stuff, and you know, I think it's mostly in that direction. And, and you know, there's a lot of American companies that set up in Mexico, and a lot of them are actually, I mean. I eat blueberries from Mexico in New Jersey. <laughs> oh my goodness. We do grow our own blueberries, you know. <laughs> yeah, not, not in January. Not in January. That's true. You're right. <laughs> actually, actually, for lunch, I have blueberries from Chile. Chile. I actually looked on the package. It's from Chile. Here I eat blueberries from Chile, you know, which oh I'm, my happy. Goodness. I'm happy I can get blueberries in January, you know. So, uh, yeah, so in some ways, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky we have these two neighbors that we can send them a lot of stuff. Uh, and they also send us a lot of stuff. Um, well, as you mentioned, we have a large agricultural ba uh, base here in Jersey, right? So I'm yeah. assuming they're exporting on the flip side of that, correct? Is yeah, that, yeah, um... going on. I think there's a guy in Southern New Jersey, I believe it's asparagus, where he, asparagus is kind of a delicacy, rare kind of thing where he's exporting, 
I don't think it's the actual asparagus, but the uh, the seedlings or seeds for asparagus. And he's one of the biggest right here in Southern New Jersey who's exporting asparagus so people can grow asparagus wherever they want to grow them, wherever he's exporting to. Um, and, you know, the Jersey tomato is still strong. I don't know if we do any export on Jersey tomato, but we certainly have domestic. And Rutgers is one of the world leaders in agricultural research um, mm -hmm. with tomatoes and also turf. Um, there's a tremendous amount of research going on. There's a lot of research, uh, Rutgers research agricultural stations around the state, uh, also, you know, New Brunswick and other places. So, uh, you know, we're a world leader when it comes to agricultural research. We are the garden state. People forget that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the the reason the reason that we are the garden state or was the garden state, besides being between Philadelphia and New York, and we have a lot of good soil, is that if you look at I was a farmer, as you mentioned in my bio. If you look at the soil east of the Mississippi, we east of the Mississippi. Look at Florida, look at South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, just go up the coast. They have crappy soil. What do they grow? Tobacco. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, Florida grows a lot of stuff, but it's all on drip irrigation and stuff like it's that. Sand. Florida's a big yeah. sandbar. <laughs> I mean, it's all high-tech growing. Uh, we have some really, we have some of the best soil east of the Mississippi. And besides in the in, in the day, back in the day between Philadelphia and New York, we were supplying all the, all the fruits and vegetables for the restaurants and hotels. We had a lot of what's called row, row crop farming, where it's just rows of crops and things like that, where you, where you have to, it's intensive and you have to, after you harvest, you have to pull it all out and plant it all again. It's not like a tree where you just keep harvesting the pears and the apples every year. So it's a pretty, that's what I was. I was a row, uh, row crop farmer in Israel. I grew a lot. I actually exported tomatoes to New Jersey and New York in the winter from my farm in Israel. Oh, with <laughs> I, I, you were importing my tomatoes. I had no idea we imported tomatoes in New Jersey. I just figured that yeah. wasn't allowed. <laughs> yeah, well, in the winter, in the winter. I know, just. Yeah. It's a little bit, well, it's kind of on subject, but off subject. But a, a, at the time, a ton of tomatoes coming in from Israel to New Jersey cost $5,000 in the supermarket. So if you bought a ton of tomatoes in a New Jersey supermarket, it would cost you $5,000. As a farmer, I only got 1,000. The other 4,000 was the middleman on the way from my farm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I got 1,000 of that ton. The other 4,000 was in shipping, middlemen, distributors, uh, you name it. And, and I bet they had better hours. Yeah. <laughs> the farmer. Oh yeah. I, I, uh, I worked 24-7. It was never, work was never finished. Never finished. Oh, my goodness. So there's there's a lot of opportunity in the agriculture, a lot of opportunity on the, so, uh, yeah, you mentioned that, let's go back to your your, your site there, just to make sure we finish up on that. Yeah. Kind of go through that a little, if you don't mind, again, on how that worked. Uh, you got you get a listing, um, was the first one, right? You just make yeah, sure your, your name is up there and everything like that, right? Yeah, I can tell you, uh, if you if you take the, uh, you can just take a free op, uh, complimentary profile where it'll just put your your phone number and the name of your company. Right. And, and that's all. It's kind of minimal exposure. If you take the $25 uh, profile, you get, you get, you join the LinkedIn group that we have, you get your company name, your phone number listing, your industry listing, your category, and you get 15 search terms and you get to use the export jersey logo on your website so the 15 search terms let's say you're manufacturing shoes so you got 15 search terms you could put in shoes you can put in uh footwear search terms to find your company if you take the 250 dollars profile it's more expanded um you still got the 15 search terms but you get to describe your company uh, you got 150 words to describe your company. You get more contact information, your email, your website listing. And then there's the $1,000, I mean the $500 uh, profile where you become more of a sponsor and you get your profile on what I call the Jersey Gem part of the site. There's actually on the website what's called Jersey Gems. You get to put your logo on there and a click through to your website. So the more that you can afford, the more visibility and a larger footprint you get on the website. And again, just to not disclude, uh, you know, include everyone, there is a not, you know, a complimentary uh, profile. So this way, I'm not, 
excluding anyone that wants to be to be on there. Um, when there was face-to-face -face networking, there was this real, you know, I forgot to mention the most important thing is every Friday, I send out a email newsletter. And in that newsletter, there's opportunities for uh, free opportunities to increase your, your export and also all kinds of uh, webinars that are going on to help current exporters and wannabe exporters. It goes out every Friday. I don't know, Kurt, if I sent you that or not, that, uh, that link. I, I can send you a link. Did I send you a link? If you do, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes if you like. That's yeah. fine. Yep. I can send I can send you a link, and I can also put you on the uh, on the email list if you would like. Okay. Uh, sure. Getting this every Friday. That's probably mo the most important thing that's related to the website. Is that, and I forgot all about it. Is this email um, newsletter that goes out every Friday, and it's, it's some really good stuff on there. Some really good webinars. Now it's all about webinars, but in the in the it was about actual networking events related to export and we had a ton of networking events going on around the state business action center actually has a webinar coming up and i'll send you the link to that uh very important webinar and, and it's going to mention all the opportunities of business action center and all the opportunities are going around uh, around the globe at the moment um, now instead of face-to-face -face networking it's all webinars and you know things like that zoom zoom meetings mm -hmm. Well, Ben, this has been amazing. I appreciate you really raising the visibility for exporting out of New Jersey. I think it's something a lot of people forget to think about, especially as business owners. Um, you've been listening uh, to Master Your Finances. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast and all the podcasts by going to masteryourfinances.us. Remember, together, we can master your finances so you can enjoy financial peace of mind. That was this week's episode of Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. to expand your knowledge in building and managing your wealth. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Master Your Finances to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider offers continuing studies programs for adults who need flexibility. Want to add new skills to your resume? Take a continuing studies course at Rider University.